Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lovability Show. I am here today uh, with my uh, special guest who's been on the show twice now already. Uh, I've got Bradley Richardson here today. Uh, he's, a, he's a favorite of the Lovability Show, and uh, we are here today to talk about uh, unavailability. Uh, he was the perfect person to come and talk about this because it's something uh, in ways that he's working through in his own life right now. Yeah, I thought you meant because I was unavailable. Is that it? Uh, well, you kind of are too, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Damn God. It. Thank God. Um, he's off the market right now because sometimes we have to back up to heal. And I just, the reason I thought it would be such a fun conversation is that, you know, we've, he and I have been talking about some of these things anyway and having these really cool conversations. And I thought this is a great conversation for everybody to hear because unavailability shows up in so many different forms. Uh, we talked about it with, uh, with Bradley, you know, it, his happened to have been uh, abandonment issues, which a lot of people have abandonment issues for different reasons. It could be that a parent left. It could be that the parent was there but emotionally unavailable. I mean, unavailable um, uh, abandonment stuff, it comes in all kinds of forms. Uh, and it really messes you up <laughs> as an adult in your relationships. And because it not only makes you drawn to the wrong people, it also, there's also an element of it where you are emotionally unavailable. So you can look and say, like in your case, go, well, I always dated unavailable women. But how are you unavailable, which I don't know if we've even talked about that, but there's always an unavailable element to the person that is attracting the unavailable, and it's mainly because they haven't healed. So uh, to kind of just back it up to where it starts, so our brains are built for patterns. Mm -hmm. Our brains are built for patterns. And so, <clears throat> in, you know, I made a post yesterday about childhood, our childhood relationship to our parents and to love affects every single decision we make as we get older. That is love to us. That's where we come up with our definition of what love is. Uh, and by the way, along the line here as we go along the way, I'm going to give you guys some uh, coaching exercises that you can do at home, um, not why, not during the podcast because, you know, you obviously want to pay attention and listen. But when you get done with the podcast, I would love for you guys to do these exercises on your own because there are things that I give my clients every single client that I have uh, relationally, uh, and even when they come with them for themselves for healing, this is what we do. And one of those is your definition of love and everybody's definition of love looks different. And sometimes people struggle with it as I have them write down their definition of love. What is love? Uh, and it, it, it is, it's tough for some people like for some, and we've talked about this actually mm -hmm. so many times on the show, but Sometimes people's definition of love, because of what they received, it's, you know, it's pain, it's hurt, it's abuse. I mean, that's what their definition is that they'll write out because right. that's what love is to them. That's what love was to them growing up. Uh, and the people that have done some work on healing, uh, sometimes their definition of love, mm -hmm. and even when they haven't done healing, even when they wanted to do healing, right. their definition of love is is some idealized version of what love is. I know I just yeah. did that with a client yesterday and it wasn't something she'd ever experienced, but it was what <clears throat> she knew it to be. Well, it's that familiar, that familiarity and familiar, you know, we can, 
we can become comfortable and familiar with the miserable. Yes. You know, it's just because, well, it's the, it, it, it truly is. It's, it, I, well, let me back up. I agree with you a thousand percent. So we take so many things from our childhood yeah. into our adult relationships and we do it unknowingly, unwittingly, and you're, you're hardwired for it. And look, I'm not, I'm not a PhD. I'm not a counselor. I just know from my own experience mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, yes, I've done the work and I've, you know, therapy and all this stuff, but I'm telling you, it, it's true and, and positively and negatively. And that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily, it can mean, I will say this too, and you, you're the expert on it, but it's everyone's experience is different. Everyone, how it manifests itself in behavior and choices and everything like that is different for everybody. But um, boy, it really does become a pattern that is incredibly hard to break. And sometimes you, you keep doing it and lying to yourself. And I remember, you know, with, uh, you know, I'd been married for a number of years. And then after I got divorced and started dating, it was people had said, Bradley, you just keep getting better looking versions of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, you put it, you put a different wrapper on it, but it's right. essentially the same thing. Right. And you're like, oh, well, it's different this time. No, no, yeah. it's not. You just kind of it's the same. It's the same parts. body, same person with the same dysfunction, mm -hmm. the same, the same wound that you had with that parent right. that you were attempting to heal. So you keep drawing in these people that are like your the, the wound you have with that wounded parent yeah. until it's healed. So uh, the, the exercise that we were referencing was the uh, love is exercise. Everybody should write out what their definition of what love is. There's no right or wrong answers, but it's revealing as to what it is to you. It's also great to reference when, if it's a healthy definition and somebody needs to be looking at that, mm -hmm. but if it's a healthy definition, it's something to weigh against when you get in a relationship. So if love is compassion and love is giving and love is sacrifice and love is, you know, trustworthiness and, and you know, whatever, you have a relationship, you have to be able to compare that mm -hmm. and say, okay, if this is what love is, then, you know, then I need, this is, this is my reference point well, it's, because, versus the yeah. other reference point that we're talking about, because that's that, that dysfunctional Correct. definition is not going to, it's not going to work. Well, now the hard thing though is, and again, I think, you know, look, it's, it's only taken me 50 some odd years to figure this shit out, but it's, right. it's the idea of, you know, you, if you don't have a positive role model mm -hmm. for that, and I'm, I mean, you may have that, right. you and I talked this, I'm sure, I know you're going to get to it, but like, whether it's your mom or your dad, mm -hmm. and just because you look at a certain situation, it can, it doesn't have to be the, the opposite sex parent, mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of jacks you up on all of these sure. things. Yeah. So like for me, I mean, my issues revolved around my, my dad. Right. And um, I manifested that on on your relationship. But the idea is you you try and fill a hole. Yes. You know, that's just it. You're trying to fill this this hole so you you know what you and, and you said this earlier, there's so many facets to this. I look at it like a, almost like an octopus or yes. something. There's so many different things. But um, it's this idea of what what is the idea of something healthy that you can model yourself after. Right. Well if you don't have that, you end up having some sort of, you know, romanticized BS version right. of, oh, well, this, you know, look, this I watched, is what it should be. I watched the movies. This is it. It should be a rom-com. Yeah. This is how this works. And that's when you kind of get burned. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important, you know, uh, this whole unavailable thing, it, you know, it come, it stems from, again, the root love, what love is, what, how love was shown, uh, in your home growing up with what your parents dynamic was and how they loved each other. And with the love that you received 
right? And mm -hmm. if that love was withheld in any way, if, it, if love was unavailable to you in any way, shape, or form, or if it was unavailable would also mean abusive, forms of abuse and codependency, all of those things, all like the unavailable, that's why when he was, he, you and I were chatting, you go, well, this is about, you know, a, a abandonment issues. I'm like, no, it's not because unattached is because of all of this stuff. Yeah. People are, are become detached and unavailable because of all of those things from abandonment issues, codependency, abuse, uh, you know, lack of, you know, uh, stability, safety in a home, uh, addiction, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. It all makes you unavailable emotionally and physically as an mm -hmm. adult if you don't heal it. Right. Right? Okay, so... Let's um, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So one of the things that uh, I had, and I know some of my clients are watching too, so you guys have already done this, but that's okay. Uh, you know, one of the lists I have everybody do that I feel like is super important, I had Bradley do it too, is doing the list of you, your mother, if you, if you make a, take a piece of paper, put a line down the middle, mom's on one side, dad's on the other, and you write down adjectives that describe each of your parents. So mom is sweet, kind, loving, nurturing, you know, fun, happy, positive. Dad is, and then you just do your list, right? At least 10 adjectives on each side. Uh, again, don't do it now, but definitely do it because, uh, because this is where you are going to find yourself and this is where you're going to find your partners and who you have been going after and attracting. So if you want to know why you attract dysfunctional partners uh, or unavailable mm -hmm. partners, you will see it in this list because you will see your mom or your dad and who you're attracting is going to be one of them. Mm -hmm. So uh, so functional or dysfunctional, that's how it works. And with you, it was your dad. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if you asked me to write this list, and like I've I've done something similar to this before, and um, yeah, I, I've done the work on it, so it's um, it's not easy. Well, it's it's easy to put out there, but it's never easy to deal with and comprehend. But right. oh yeah, everything for that of the um, you know, the the characteristics and the traits on that, and they weren't positive. Right. You know, I mean, I'm not. I'm, this is not a oh my god. You know, you need you need help with this. But yeah, they were not positive traits. But you contrast that with what it was for my mom, and I look at those. And I go, okay, well, that's also what I try to be. I mean, if I were to say, okay, Bradley, not just what are you attracted to or what are you, what is your history been or anything like that? It's like, which, who do you think you are mm -hmm. more than this? I think you have elements of both. I mean, can I be selfish? Yeah, you know, every other year maybe. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, for the most part, I identify with, gravitate towards and think of myself more mm -hmm. in the mom category of those traits right. uh, being whether it's supportive um, communicative, those types of things. Right. And yet dad was this, you know, outrageous narcissist on a variety of levels and all that that entails. Well, you bet. I can go back, I can go back a history of 25 years and you go bing, 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 bing. Narcissist, mm -hmm. unavailable. Ima image oriented. It's about this. It's about the looks. It's not the, the depth. It's, it's a mile wide, and, you know, an inch deep. And yours was conditional, which a lot yeah. of people oh, are. Oh, very conditional. The that conditional down. part, yeah. I, yeah, Con love was so conditional on one side. It was like, because, I mean, I, you know, I was a good kid. I've had, a, I've very accomplished and achieved a lot, but it was like. There it is. And, and then what I do, I mean, look, she's not going to watch this. My, my former wife, you know, it was like, if I was kicking ass and successful and raking it in, hey, you know, life was great. The moment there was turbulence, you kind of suck. Right. And, but mom was just like, always, hey, baby, you can do it. It's always, always, always. Mm -hmm. And intent, you know, attentive in it and, and, um, you know, 
that's that's the way it is. That's what I want. You, that's touch. what you need to find is that one that is like your mother. Uh, but instead you go for the, the wound, which was your father, yeah. um, which is what we do. We go for the wound. Um, you know, the interesting part of all of that, you know, and I want everybody to hear what he just said. I think there's that element for a lot of people with the good and bad that a lot of people's fathers in those situations is when you're good, when you're, you know, you'll be praised and, and celebrated when you're good. But in that kind of home, what you had, mm -hmm. it was, you know, ignored or right. completely dismissed or not acknowledged mm -hmm. at all if you weren't good, if you were bad or punished. I mean, there's the extreme of the, the punishment mm -hmm. too. Cause or ignored. Some, yeah, or ignored. Yeah, I mean, it's something and you, you, we talked about this movie. I know that the, the topic is essentially being unavailable, but you know, in our early conversation, I believe a way that it manifests itself is going to end up being with, you know, attachment issues, abandonment, that type of thing. Absolutely. And so, like, in a situation like that, you know, people tend to go one way or the other. It's the, are you anxious attachment or yeah. are you avoidant on that? And but that's, you, that's where you learn. So yeah. your, your, your parent detaches go and, and ignores you or is passive aggressive, mm -hmm. you're, you learn, the pattern you learn is how to work for that. Right attention. Oh, you double down on that. You're yeah. like, oh, well, if, so I'm, you better, know how to if do I'm better, if I'm better. And that's the problem. That's the thing. I mean, and again, we look at, we could look at you for an example, just yeah. because it's a great example, because you're sitting right here, <laughs> that you did attract these women where you had to continually prove yourself and, and they continually withheld love from you. So you had to continually try harder and try harder, which was the same pattern you had when you were growing up, which a oh. lot of people can relate to. That's why I love this because as a counselor and doing this for so many years, this is the biggest, this is the biggest form of unavailability is that, that particular element of not getting the abandonment, not getting the attention that you're looking for from a parent, whether they left, mm -hmm. they're not even physically present, uh, whether they're present, but they're, you know, they're working or, you know, if they, you know, there's lots of elements that they're working too much when they come home they're detached or they're fighting with your mom or, you know, or what just, there's all kinds of different, um, dynamics that can uh, fall into place there. But at the end of the day, that unavailable person, if you you're attracting unavailable people and you're going after unavailable people, it's because you know that pattern from somewhere in your life. Yeah. So you're used to that pattern. You know what you're, you, you know how to seek attention. You don't want to do that. You don't want to beg for it. But you know how to. But the flip is, and, and you know, this isn't, you know, I, I, this isn't what I did, but I've seen it and experienced it. Because mm -hmm. I, I was that type of like, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to chase this, which is just a recipe for disaster anyway, which, uh, but the, the flip of it are people that are like, well, you know what? They're going to leave anyway. Shit's going to leave. It's going to go bad anyway. So guess what? I'm, that wall's going up and right. nobody's getting this action right now because you end up becoming that, that parent. You, you know, you didn't get it, so you want it, but. You'd rather be pre it's preventative maintenance in a way yeah. where I'm going to build that. I'm going to put that wall up before anybody can get to it. Yeah. But the problem with that is eventually that wall comes down. Somebody, no somebody manipulates that wall down. Well, okay. And then, and then you're back in this because you didn't heal. You just shut it down. But let's get, you just put the wall up instead of, instead of breaking down the wall and healing it. Let's get deep for a second on that. Okay. So my, my, my experience with that though. Because, I mean, and again, I'm just saying from my experience that this is not a universal because everyone's is totally different. Right. Okay? But with that, though, you know, is someone who, if you're dealing with someone who they've, they've traditionally had a wall up and somehow 
you you break through that wall mm-hmm. and you have this these moments where however long that may be it may be a period of weeks months years whatever but that's not their they've not done the work and you haven't done the work either that's where the problem's going to happen right. but eventually that wall they get scared shitless and that wall is going to go right back up it's like oh my god i feel great and you see that person in their full glory and how wonderful it is and it's this fantastic thing but then both of you bring your old patterns habits so so you know for me it would be it, it had been would be got any more thanks guys um, but it's the, um, oh, well, shit, what if they leave? Well, I think i got to hold on tighter than that. So you strangle it. And then they're thinking, well, you know, they're going to leave anyway they're or leaving. this is whatever. And so it's just that wall goes up. The and anxious attached and anxious attached come together yeah. and it's a, it's a party. It's a jacked up It's an anxious party, thing. yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but that is the way it works, yeah. you know. There's that old, uh, the old saying, hurt people hurt people. And that's exactly what it is. So if you... If you are attracting unavailable, emotionally, physically, whatever, unavailable partners, then you are, in mm-hmm. effect, impact also emotionally unavailable or unavailable in some way as well. Well, it also goes to your, I mean, one, one last thing I said, and we can move on, but it's the, I, I know I've been divorced for over 10 years now and um, dated a lot, but been in two big, big time, serious love relationships. And what's funny though, there was a period in between those two where I went against my own nature, mm-hmm. but it wasn't to do the work and heal and get better. It right. was more of just like, you know what? I got burned and I am, I am, I am an open book. Anybody that knows me, I'm like, I'm like, I'll love hard and fall hard on that. But after that first time, I was just like, screw this. This is going up and nobody's getting it. And what, you know, it was a defense mechanism necessary at the time, but it sure sucked because it wasn't, it didn't feel right or authentic right. to me on that. Right. And so I think you know, that that's the case of doing of without doing the work, you instantly default. The pendulum swings so hard to the other way, which well, is equally as bad. In a sense, you're punishing yourself. So of you're just you know you're just giving yourself more uh, more reasons to be unworthy and punish yourself for things that you've done. God, worthy is such a good word. You it's and I talked such about a big word. I know it's I such a big. Well, all of this whole <laughs> conversation is worthiness. At the end of the day, everybody that's in a relationship with uncertainty or with um, unavailable partners. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep saying uncertainty is unavailable, but and it's un, unavailable partners. It comes to a worthiness. It's all. It all comes back to worthiness on your end, on your end, on what you're willing to accept. And with that, and, and you and I have talked about this, and I was talking about this um, a few days ago with a friend of mine. Is um, boundaries? Yeah. You know that the boundaries thing. You know we say that we throw a lot of these words out. Oh, you know, worthiness and boundaries and all this, and we think we know what they mean until you actually have to put them in practice. Yeah. Of what that actually, what does a true boundary mean to you? And sometimes that means, and depending on which end of the the spectrum you fall, you know, it, it could mean, hey, no, I'm not going to put up with this bullshit. This is exactly it because if you fall on the anxious side like that, it's yeah. the, oh, well, I'll change. I'll do this. I'll hang on. I'll keep this. And you end up selling yourself out. And instead of just going, no, I should actually, you know, get the balls or ovaries here to say, nope, this is the way this is going to be. I'm equal opportunity. Uh, you know, I, you um, know, the thing about that is, so that's a good point. You're correct because there has to be that moment where you go enough is enough. I'm done. Right. Um, I don't want this. But you also have to identify what it is that you want. So you can't Mm -hmm. just go with that list of, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And that's where people tend to go wrong in this, in this, because I can, I can tell when I'm coaching people, sometimes if we're trying to focus on what they do want and we can't get there, sure enough, if I ask them to list what they don't want in certain areas, they can list it for days to come. Mm -hmm. They haven't, they haven't flipped it. 
And so sometimes you have to flip that. You know what you don't want. You need to know what you do want. Mm -hmm. um, with, so With that, though, you're right. It's knowing what you want and don't want. But I also believe heavily, and it's, it's become a cliche, but it's so true until you actually you know, do use it in your life, is we teach people, we train people and teach people how to treat us. That is it. You know, in, in my opinion, in my experience with that, right. because I've done that because you allow shitty behavior to occur because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, I'll do this. You know, you cannot want it. But if you allow it to occur, guess what? You just created a pattern there that you cannot yeah. break without and, a lot of agony. And with the unavailable people, this is the pattern that happens with unavailable with training as to what you're saying is when somebody's unavailable and the person that is pursuing them is anxious attached then they're going to they're not going to dismiss the bad behavior and say I'm not doing this. Right. You're acting, you're ghosting me, you're not available for me, you're not there for me, you're not committing to me, enough is enough, I'm leaving and leave and put the boundary up. Right. What happens is they they one more chance, yeah, one more. One Here more, you go. One more, one more. And so you've taught that person oh, now that you're not, that you're not going anywhere. No, that yeah, you're full of I'm it. Not, you can treat me however yeah. you want to treat me and I'm not going anywhere. Well, and the first couple of times, shame on them. After that, though, it's yeah, all on you. Absolutely. And that's the hard part, though. I mean, yeah. and this this is men, women, anything. It really doesn't matter. Right. It's a matter of you, when you look at yourself then, you're kind of like, God damn, I'm like letting this happen. And that's yeah. my own. That's my own. And you end up blaming them or something going, oh, well, they're just being shitty. No, they were, but you're, you're allowing that to occur. I want to, uh, I just want to jump in really quick. Um, I, we don't have our monitors up today, so I'm just trying to watch comments mm -hmm. on my iPad here. But... Um, but uh, it, a lot of people were talking about the definition of love, and they were talking about Corinthians, and which is also just like the most perfect definition. Uh, don't cheat when you're doing your definition, because just because that is the perfect definition of love, and it is, right? Because that's from God, so it, it is the perfect definition of love. Don't dismiss what your definition is. You can't just, you can't just oh, well, that's an easy definition. I'm going to use that, because yes, it is. It does encompass. It is what it is. It is perfectly what it is, but it may not be perfectly what you think it is, you know, what your definition mm -hmm. is of it. So don't cheat. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but people do that sometimes when they're doing these lists is they'll like I'll, the I am list. A lot of people do an I am list. They'll go, well, I couldn't think of adjectives to describe myself. So I asked my friends, well, why are we, why are you cheating? No. Like, don't, don't go somewhere and, and if you don't know Corinthians, if you don't know that in your spirit, if that's not truly what love is to you, it's not how you express mm -hmm. love, show love, receive love. If that's not the love that's been showing up in your life, then you don't believe it either. You know? And, and again, this is, you're, you're the expert on this, but when I hear that, you know, love, love is one definition and you, you're right with the Corinthians definition on that. But you know, then you can almost think of it like a pyramid. Okay. With love being at the top, but what yeah. else is that? Okay. Is that, you know, um, relationship, treatment, behavior, communication, all of these things that are at, that make that right there. So, you know, is love a feeling? Is love an action? Well, what is it? So then it's the, how does that work in your life day yeah. to day? So you can have this great definition of, well, it's love. Okay. Yeah. But what does it look like? How is that made real in that? And that's, I think that's the thing. And we go back to, you know, to earlier, at least I, I, I think, um, you know, look, I've, I've been the king of over-romanticizing shit. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's like, you know, you, you wish your, your life could have like a, it'd be a screenplay. Well, it doesn't always, you know, end up like that. And so how does it really look? It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be formulaic, you mm -hmm. know? And so how does that, what does love look like to you and how you wish to be treated, communicate, relationship, your life, um, your support? Right. All of those. And everybody's different. 
That's and okay. and this is an important conversation. I know we're talking about unavailable, but it's a the this love part of mm-hmm. it is really important because it's the foundation. There's a lot yeah. of things that go into what 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 causes um, you to either be unavailable or to be attracted to unavailable people, and it comes from yourself. Mm-hmm. What what love is to you or was to you growing up and your your worthiness you know, at the end of the day. Um, what were you going to say? Well, you said, you said one thing right there, and boy, this is, you know, it begins and ends with this. We can talk about your love with another person, relationships, all this, but if you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. I mean, because if you don't, that's what you're bringing to the table. I mean, it's the, you know, you, we're talking about a relationship or with another person. doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, whatever, but if you, you know, it starts with what are you bringing to the table? And if you have a hole here, if you're mm-hmm. looking for this to be filled, sounds you know sounds much easier than it is, trust me. But it's, you better have this on point yeah. first. And if you don't, you know, Susie Q or Billy Bob isn't going to fix it right. at all. And I, I do think that that's a big thing. Like when you, when we look at who, why are you attracted to unavailable people? Because that is part of, you know, this is part of the equation. Why are you attracted to? And, and that is... The reason is that you're, you know, so many people that are, you know, that are not healthy either are looking for somebody else to make them Mm -hmm. better. Like when I have this perfect relationship, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be, and that's not how it works. It's it's completely backwards. You're, you know, in a sense, you're looking for somebody else to complete you and that's not how it works. Jerry Maguire was a liar. Yeah. Who? Jerry Maguire was a liar. (laughs) Bastard. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) So funny. Um, So let's talk about the characteristics just so we can identify like what are the, you know, how do you know if somebody, how do you know if somebody is emotionally unavailable? Um, so the, number one, they're, they, these are the people that ghost you right from the beginning. They ghost you, right? They disappear. Um, it could be somebody you're starting a relationship with. They're there and then they disappear for a period of time. You know, if it's, even if it's a day or two, they disappear. Uh, they're not available to you emotionally. They don't want a relationship. They don't want to be mm-hmm. in a committed relationship with you, Right. Uh, unavailable would be somebody who, um, like, again, refuses to commit or cheats. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, somebody who's selfish. Mm-hmm. So, so it's all about their needs being met and your needs aren't, which also stems to the fact of how is somebody mm-hmm. unavailable? They refuse to have those deep conversations. Yes. So when you need to have those conversations about your relationship and where, you know, where it is or, or the problems or the conflict that's happening. Right. They're nowhere to be found because they don't want conflict. They don't want to have that conversation. They don't want to go there. Yeah, they get and, and it's not just about the relationship. You're right. I mean, that's paramount right there. If they can't talk about the relationship, then, you know, how can do anything else? But um, can they talk about themselves? Can they talk about anything? And, you know, I use that phrase a lot, a mile wide and inch deep. Okay, we know so many people out there that, oh, mm-hmm. they either know tons of people. They talk about a lot of things, but guess right. what? It's this right here. Can you go deeper on this? And if you get scared by that type of thing, mm-hmm. if you're scared to be a little vulnerable, and that's another that's one of those, it. That that's is another 100%. One of those words, though, that we, well, oh, you need to be vulnerable and authentic. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, it just means saying exactly what you feel beyond just the, well, it's okay. It's going to be all right. It's like, no, maybe it's not going to be okay. Maybe you actually are scared. Maybe you actually are worried about something. Right. doesn't make you weak. doesn't make you, right. you know, uh, any of these perceived, perceived as negative things. You've got to be able to go but, there. But then, mm-hmm. you know, as a man, I think we may have spoken about this, and, and correct me, I could be wrong because I talk to a lot of people, but there's that, that thing that men are taught with vulnerability with men don't cry. 
right? Well, I'm not saying cry at the notebook, no. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think it's well. Well, that's a whole other topic right there on what society's done to jack men up on the on the the masculinity side. It's don't be toxic, right. be a man, but do this, you know. Right. And that that's a whole other thing. I'm not saying you got to be you know weepy willy out here. But it is the idea of... But it's okay to be vulnerable as a man. Hey, it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I you know, And that doesn't mean not having your shit together either. That, that is not it. And ladies, I mean, I, on that note too, if you, uh, if you can't accept a man that is vulnerable, if you can't allow a man to show weakness, that's your wound, not his. It's not just weakness though. I think vulnerability we think of as being a weak thing. It's not... Vulnerability means telling me what I want, right. what I feel. I mean, it means... It, and it can mean something po very positive. It can mean, hey, you know what? I really, I really like you. I'm feeling this. I'm excited about this. Whatever it is, if I'm feeling love, passion, emotion, desire, any of those things, that's not a negative thing. But that's mm -hmm. being vulnerable as well. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's like it's like you're in high school or not high school, middle school almost. Like, right. well, I don't want to say that I like you, but hey, you know, it's like right. that's okay. That's being vulnerable of saying I'm giving you a piece of my heart here. I'm giving you a piece of my brain, my heart, my soul. And if you're yeah. okay with sharing that, that doesn't mean a deep dive, and you don't do that with everybody. But yeah. it also doesn't mean I'm going to do a, an interview and give him a damn resume either. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, think, I think spotting, number one, spotting the pattern with yourself is important. You know, understanding, mm -hmm. in, you know, which at some point you've got to go, I keep finding unavailable people, you know, over and over and over again, the pattern is unavailable. Why are we, why? Because there is something familiar in that pattern. Yeah. I know I keep going over the same thing, but people hear it differently. And I've been teaching for years and that's how I do it. So I'm going to say it again and again, because it's hitting, it's hitting a wound, right? Mm -hmm. Trauma bonding, as somebody said, yeah. whatever you want to call Spot it. On. Um, you know, it's hitting the wound. Um, and all you're doing, all you're doing your whole entire life is trying to heal that wound through other people, through your relationships. So in, mm -hmm. in Bradley's case, it was his dad, right? And, and it's different with each, it, it's different with the parent, with the different parents mm -hmm. and, and what they offered. And I can tell you, it's not going to be the same if it's a mom wound or a dad right. wound, it's going to be different because, uh, the unavailable mom wounds look like they're much more on the emotional side, not being able to express your emotions, not being, uh, the, the mom wound is that nurturing wound. The people that missed that nurturing, uh, that miss that nurturing gene, you know, that's a, that's a really hard deal to get back. It's a different wound. That, those are the people that are unavailable uh, physically and emotionally in relationships that mm -hmm. tend to, that, don't, that aren't comfortable with physical affection and things like that. Are you making notes? I am. <laughs> We're taking notes. Um, but but it's Got really important here. that you recognize what it was. And sometimes it's not as obvious because I think a lot of times people think with abandonment wounds that, you know, and I, again, this is what I do for a living. So I'll have people go, well, I wasn't abandoned, but yet they have abandonment wounds. Right. 
it doesn't mean that you had to be abandoned. You could have been in a home with a mother or father or both that were absent. It could have been that your parents were divorced and mom was working all the time and dad was just, you know, gone. Um, it could be the fact that dad traveled. Mm -hmm. It could be the fact that both your parents were in their in your home with you and they were not emotionally available to you. Mm -hmm. There was no depth. There was nobody to talk to. There was those conversations were not being had or comfortable in the home. There was not a lot of physical affection. Uh, you know, it, it mm -hmm. got, the river runs deep as far as these are concerned. If you're attracting, if you're attracting unavailable partners, you are unavailable in some way. Yep, there are a couple things I was thinking of, and we're talking about this in, in context of relationships and, and, and love and that type of thing and partners. But um, this can extend itself. I mean, I'm going to go on left field for a second just to, to mention it and then walk away. But um, this can manifest itself in your business relationships too. Yes. Yeah, but totally. Because it's not just oh, it's love. No, you can pick the same. You know, people, clients, um, business partners, associates who are unavailable as well. And that's a big deal, too, because you keep chasing. Why do your deals keep blowing up? Well, you keep trying to chase the same type of people. Yeah. And, and part of that comes from I was in, in sales and a headhunter forever and ever. And the uh, you know, sometimes people are afraid to say no. Yeah. Some, and you know what? Just like relationships. Sometimes, oh, well, I don't want to hurt them. You know? Right. Come on. You, got, you need to establish those boundaries and be able to identify those things. And it also the second piece was writing notes is it goes down to type. I mean, how many times, and I've done this so many times, and every other people have, what's your type? She's not my type. He's not my type. Oh, yeah, you have a type. You got it. Do I have a type? Yeah, you do. Damn it. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. We're trying to keep him away from his type because, um, you know what's interesting about your type is not only- They, they suck not what? Only, <laughs> not only does she have all the toxic elements of dad- Well, okay. Let's start with the negative. He, I was kind of thinking hot, but let's start with that. But okay. Well, dad was good looking too. Yeah, he was. But, but- he also, they, this, these girls also looked like, like we were just talking about that from a physical standpoint, even had the, the looks and the characteristics, which all, by the way, is not uncommon, mm -hmm. uh, not uncommon at all. A lot of times when we do this list, when I do this with my clients that, you know, some people will go, oh yeah, that's my boyfriend. My dad is my boy. Like that's that mm -hmm. we, they fit into that mold and there's a looks thing too. Yes. Part of it that you can be attracted to somebody that is physically like the parent that you have the wound with. Oh, true. Yeah, mm -hmm. my, my sister called me out on that years ago. She yeah. went down, she went all the way back to high school and was like, this, 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 And that this worked and that. really well for you for her to call you out on it because you changed nothing. Well, yeah, I was a slow learner, okay? It was a short bus, okay? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, I think the point is, since I'm now 50-something and having had to go there and, and change it, is to be intentional. And I think that's the key thing, right. is to be intentional about it. Because you can sit there and go, you know, look, everyone's done it. I dig my, one, there's two things. One, from the physical standpoint, look, you're attracted to what you're attracted to from right. a physical standpoint, okay? Right. And you can't really argue that too much. I understand all of this, but you have to be intentional, but you like what you like, right. okay? There's a, there's a chemical reaction. Yet, on the other side of it, yeah. okay? Trigger, you, trigger, 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 but go ahead. Yes, go, well, keep going. Hey, we're, <laughs> a work in progress, baby. Trigger, trigger. Uh, but it's the, it's the, yeah, well, look, I mean, you can't sit there and go, oh, all right, I know, I know, my, one of my friends back in Atlanta was like, well, you know, here's someone, they're really nice and they're great. And they, I'm like, yeah, but it's not doing anything to make me, make, I'm not attracted in any way, shape, or form. I can't help that. I'm sorry. I, they could have, you know, best things to slice bread, but it's not going to do it. So you have to at least get in the game somehow, but 
there's the other thing of being intentional of recognizing bad patterns, your bad patterns, the other patterns that you've accepted before. Yes. And then consciously and, and um, uh, intentionally saying, nope. I, I, I see it. Right. I, I, Not doing that anymore. I'm totally down. You know, it's like, I pet that dog. Sure, I'll pet that dog. No, that dog's going to bite your ass. Right. So intentionally holding back a little bit. And that's the hard part, but that's the work right there. But the, actually the work, and it, yeah, that's the first part of the work, saying no mm -hmm. to what doesn't work anymore. That list of this is what's not good for me, you, you need to be able to know what that is and spot it and stay the heck away from it. But the next step is moving toward what you don't know, what's on, what sure. is the unknown and a little uncomfortable because that's, that's where the pattern breaks is that you know that other pattern. Yes, that person may not be who you're normally attracted to, you know, but you need to try some of that other stuff on because there'll be elements of that that you might find attractive. There'll be mm -hmm. elements of that. Like even for somebody that's used to somebody who's like really high drama or um, uh, just type A kind of people, going for that boring person, that person that's much less interesting, are they going to excite you? No, not one ounce, you know, not an ounce. Are they? But, but try to bathe a little bit in that energy of not being excited, of just mm -hmm. having to listen and learn and dig deeper to try to find something right. to be excited about versus basing it all on your hormones and how, you know, you want to feel or how that you're making, you know, right. they're making you feel. Well, it's that feeling part, you know, and yes, the feelings are, are critical, but um, well, I think that's it. There's the yin and yang. Because we either operate with, you know, your your feelings, and your feelings can be south as well, but or you think in your head way too much, and you're overanalyzing it, and you're you're discounting, um, you're discounting something that could be good because it doesn't fit your type or it doesn't fit past patterns, no matter how shitty they may yeah. have been, all of those things, and um, you know, my my thing now, I guess it's the you know, so many people, and I had done this too, is right. you're looking, you know, you look at everything, any interaction as well, are they the one? Is this a relationship? What's going to be long? You're not buying a damn car. Right. Okay? You know, sometimes, sometimes it's just to me like, Hey, you yes. know what? It's an experience yes. and it may be positive, negative, neutral. I may learn something from someone who is totally different than me yeah. and it may go nothing more than, Hey, I never see this human being ever again in my life. Or it's, you know what? Hey, interest, interesting friendship, mm -hmm. or it could lead to something. I mean, you, when we go into and I've talked about this with you and other friends of mine, you know, it's kind of the whole idea of, eliminating um, outcomes or expectations. Yes. That's, that's it right there. Elim uh, uh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. And uh, eliminating outcomes and expectations, which is exactly right. And uh, also going into any new connections as just that, as it's just a connection. There's no, there is no, yeah. you know, there is no outcome. There's nothing you're looking for. There's nothing, you're not making this person into who you need them to be or right. want them to be. Seeing people, that's the, that's part of the healing process of, of finding unavailable people is, is, you know, knowing the pattern and then seeing people for who they are, mm -hmm. not for who they could be or who you want them to be. Because so often people want to be in a relationship, especially people that are codependent. They're, they mm. tend to go for those people that are unavailable because of the codependency cycle. And you've got to recognize it and be able to, you know, consciously step away from it mm -hmm. and, and uh, not choose it anymore and choose something different. Well, you choose is a great word because you make the choices. 
Yeah, but it's also that the word that, that one of my least favorite words in the English language is should. And that is the idea that we, you know, we are raised now, we're in a society, we're brought up this way, and you look at media, social media, everything else of mm -hmm. what you should do. And, I, you know, I right. know this is going to be blasphemy for, you know, a lot of people on this, who watch this, right. but The Bachelor, there you go right there. Do you think any of those 30 men or women who start out the season on that go, well, you know what, I just want to see where this goes, and, you know, we might develop a great friendship. No, the whole intent on that is, oh, my God, it's the one. Right. There's, a, there's an expected outcome with a ring on that, and anything short, it's epic failure. That's bullshit. Yeah, there's too much. There's too much wrong with The Bachelor for me to even talk about. Um, to from the standpoint of how that whole dynamic works and everybody competing. But we you know, do that for, in life, though. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of it you shouldn't. There should. But I, um, the way I see it, if you have to compete for somebody, or if you're in, you know, somebody's trying to decide between you and somebody else, you let them have that other person. Oh no, I, I'm with yeah. you there. I don't. I don't compete. It's, no, it's com like. I could never do that no. show. I would never. Oh, I, I, mean, I would have stepped out first day. It, it would be. <laughs> you'd murder people. Yeah, it, you'd have I'd to leave. go hardcore, you know, bleeping and murder. <laughs> no. Like, no. Definitely hardcore bleeping. Hey, you know I'm what? Sure go, that. go take him, Va. See ya. You know, the other thing that I, the other piece of advice I want to give here to people, because we've done a lot of conversation, hopefully you've related to some of this. Um, we're both a little ADD, so we can jump around and get a little crazy at times. Squirrel. And uh, Yeah, and a squirrel. Um, and, no, what was I going to say? Yeah. Um, but uh, but the, the whole thing is with this is that um, you've got to take your time. And that's the other piece of advice for somebody who enters into these wrong relationships. Once you get conscious, it's just like with my clients. Once they're done coaching with me, they feel like on fire. They're ready to go conquer the world, meet a new person, meet the right person, find the right relationship. But you've got to take your time because uh, finding a new type of partner, finding a new pattern, creating a new pattern takes time. And it takes a lot of conscious work as like you're doing now. Like, no, I don't want that again. Yes, I'm attracted to it. Yes, I desire it. Yes, chemistry makes me want that. But that's that's not where I'm going anymore. I'm being more conscious now mm -hmm. of my choices and what I want and what I need because I don't want to end up, I know how the story ends, right? And that's the thing everyone needs to be yeah. aware of is that that pattern always brings you to the same, back to the same place, you know? Well, it's, Wow. Well, there's a lot to that. Yes, a thousand percent. And, you know, it's that, that cliche you've heard of, you know, you're the author of your own book and you write your own story. And it was really funny. So I've been in Texas here for, for several weeks. I, I live in Atlanta and I've been here um, visiting, going back to my roots and a lot of things. And the day I left Atlanta, now, no one's seen this. I took a picture the day I left Atlanta and it was the whole idea. It was just a day one. And I wrote on there, pick, time to pick up the pen again. And that's it. And I believe that. I think that for every one of us. At some point, you have to make a conscious effort to pick up the pen again yeah. and actually write your own story and not just allow it to, to occur. You don't have a team of copywriters. You don't have, a, you, know, you know, God's up there, you know, kind of going, all right, here you go. But he's handing you this and saying, you know, I'm giving you choice and free will to do, to do this. I'll yeah. guide you and I know what's going to be best, but this is yours. Yeah. And we don't do that too often. Yeah, no, that's, and that's a really good analogy, especially since you've written books before and there's always a beginning and an end and you're always in a race to get from the beginning to the end on a book. And our whole life is that book. You know, we yeah. are writing that book every single day. Yeah. And I think that's the race that people in these kind of relationships, these high drama, 
You know, high stress relationships need to understand that it's not a race. You know, love happens, good love, healthy love happens naturally in its own time and in God's time. And we need to allow for that. Mm -hmm. And in, in the story, the parts that aren't written, there's the anxious attached, you know, the parts that aren't written that are uncertain, let be start getting Mm -hmm. comfortable with a little uncertainty. If you're with a safe partner, somebody who is safe, then you won't have to be anxious with the, where the rest of that goes. Uh, so you know what? Um, from the standpoint, thank you guys for being here today. I know we just uh, we were we just love our conversations. We just wanted to share uh, some yeah. of this healing stuff. You should hear you. us off camera. I mean, like yeah, we were talking during the middle of the week or something. It's we can go for you know. It's, hour I know plus. It's, it's yeah. It's fun. It's enjoyable to be able to have these kind of conversations and of depth with people. Um, I enjoy it and I enjoy doing it with you guys. And we're just glad we got to bring some of this to you. Do your homework. So the stuff I gave you, do it. It all helps. It all makes a difference. The definition of love, which we've talked about before, and then that mom and dad list, because what you're going to recognize is yourself. You know, a lot of times people look at this list and they go, oh my God, I just, I always said I'd never be like my mom and I am like her. Or, you know, you spent your entire life trying not to be like one of them and you are, or your dysfunctional parent, the, the wounded, the wounds you have with that one parent that you'll find that in this list as well. And that's just the first step. Now the healing has to begin, but that's just the first step. Uh, so, uh, so do your homework. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next Friday for the Lovability Show. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.